Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Today we are going to wrap up the series that I believe has been a blessing to my life and also to some of you all. And uh, for the past six, seven weeks, we've been talking about the message entitled, the series entitled Text Message. And the um, reason why we picked that, that theme is because of what the message implies in Scripture. From the book of Genesis to Malachi. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And within that time span, God had desired or desired to convey to mankind his heart, his plan, his purpose. And so because of what was going to happen when Jesus showed up, and it's interesting that um, there are people that believe that the New Testament substituted the Old Testament, Um, but that's so far from the truth. Um, For when I look at the New Testament, the New Testament exists because of the Old Testament. I've heard people say, I don't read the Old Testament simply because that's what it is. It's an old book. It, it's, that's, that's the, that was the old ways, and that was, that was before Jesus. But what, when, when the Bible mentions, or when you see the Bible says the Old Testament, is not giving the name, the title old, as it, as it pertains to outdated, or it no longer it's no longer necessary, but it's called the Old Testament as it pertains to revered. It's like when you call your grandma vieja and you call your grandpa, oye viejo, you're not insulting him. By calling him old, you're saying he is valuable. And so the Old Testament does not mean that is not significant. However, what the Old Testament did was give us a snippet or a snapshot, if you will, of what was about to happen when Jesus came to the earth. So it's not that the Old Testament, the Old Testament ceased when Jesus came. doesn't mean that because everything Jesus preached when he was here was Old Testament. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He said that in the book of Luke. That was quoted in the book of Isaiah. Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me at the cross? That was said in the book of Psalms. So when Jesus speaks the message, he's speaking what was said in the Old Testament. Now, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that when Jesus shows up, We are now anchored in the Old Testament, which, by the way, is now in Christ. So the Old Testament doesn't lose its power, but the validity of the power of the text is embraced in the manifestation of Jesus, the Son of God. That's why in the times of the Bible, people revered, honored the book, the text, message. 
the message in the text. They were honoring. As a matter of fact, when, when the, the scribes, the people that wrote the Bible, when they were writing the Bible, when they were writing the Bible, and they came across the name of the Lord, which was, which was the Lord God, they literally, they were writing, right? In the beginning, right, we all know Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God, Elohim, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We, we would write, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, period. Not the writers of the scripture. You know what they would do? They would write in the beginning, and right before they were going to write God, they will stop writing, they will go wash themselves, clean themselves, purge themselves, because they were going to get ready to write down the name of the Almighty God. So every time you see the name God in the Bible, that's what they would do. Before they would write it on a paper, they had to get clean, get holy, because they were going to get ready. Now, 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 now. Imagine if today, when we read the Bible, we take that approach. And in the beginning, and now I got to say, guys, stay right here. I'll be right back. I go to the bathroom. I take a bath. I put the order in. Imagine. But when Jesus shows up, Jesus says, you don't need to do that no more because I am the message behind the text. So now the revelation of Christ now gives us an opportunity to understand that the sacred of the message is not the text. The sacred of the message is what the text represents. That's why when Jesus comes to the planet, he says this. He says, I am the bread of life. When he says, I am the bread of life, he's not thinking about wonder bread. He's not thinking about pan cubano and mantequilla with a little bit of cafe picao. We're not talking about that. When he says, I am the bread of life, they know that he's talking about the manna that fell from heaven. When he says, I am the light of the world, they know what he's talking about. It's not a flashlight. It's the light in the holy of holies that will never be turned off and was always lit up, illuminated. He says, I am the light of the world. So in the gospel according to John, Jesus makes it his business to mention the seven I am's that he expresses. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the, I am divine, I am divine and you are the branches. Okay, he begins to let us know all of the I am's so that the people that are hearing and listening can understand that the message in the text message is the manifestation of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so I say that to say this. That's why when you read the gospel according to St. John, and I said this last week, there are some things that John makes it his business to be more emphatic than the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They deal with Jesus' genealogy, where he was born, who was his mother. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, And Jesus birthed within this wife, that as, his, that as Mary was the spouse of Joseph, she conceived with the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and he said, And do not be afraid to take this woman to be your bride, for unto her he'll be son, uh, she'll be birthed with a son, she'll have a son, his name will be Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And, and you see throughout all of the gospel genealogy, but when John writes his gospel, he don't spend time. On who was Jesus' mother, uh, Joseph, and who was his brothers. John ain't got no time for that. Because John just wants to let us know 
that the message, the text message is Jesus. That's what he starts off saying. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word. What word? The message. What message? The message in text. And the word was with God. Who was with God? The message. And the word was God. Who? Jesus. And the word became flesh. Who? The message. Who's who? Jesus. And he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of mercy and truth. So John makes it his business to exhibit and highlight the purpose for the text message. What gives your Bible power is now that you open it up in your bed on Psalms 23 with a little candle and incense. <laughs> what gives you power when you read that book is that you know you're not reading letters and vowels and consonants and parables. You're reading the living manifestation of a God who became flesh so that you can live in the fullness of God. He became flesh. So today I want to talk about in the next 12 minutes I got left. You know, they, they sing 40 minutes and let me preach 12. I don't know what's going on here. Jesus said in John chapter 12, John chapter 14, Jesus says, this is the second last I am, Jesus says. The last I am, I preached it last week. But Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am... The way, I am the truth and the life, and no one goes to the Father but through me. Pastor, how can Jesus be three things at the same time? I'll teach you a Bible class one day. Last week we talked about Jesus being the way. Today I want to talk about Jesus being the truth. And I told you all yesterday that when we talk about the way, there's a difference between being a way and being the way. There's a lot of ways, but there's only one way to God, and that's Christ. You have a way that leads you to Islam. You have a way that leads you to Scientology. Can I preach? There are ways that lead you to specific things. But there's only one way that takes you to the Father. Why? Why? Somebody asks why. Because Jesus says, the Father and I are one. So if you want to get to the Father, you got to go to Jesus. Who Jesus, by the way, is the way that's going to take you to who? But if Jesus is the Father, then Jesus is the same thing as the Father, right? So he says, come with me and I'm going to take you to me. Because when you get there, you're going to realize that he, me and him are the same person. So, 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 so Muhammad can't do that. Buddha can't do that. Harry Krishna can't do that. Can nobody do that but Jesus. I am, he don't say I was, he says I am. Which is every single day of your life, if you have Jesus in your life, Jesus is the way to the Father. One. Second thing he says, I am the truth. I am the truth. Now, there are a lot of people in this world. 
that know a lot of truth about a lot of things. But one cannot say that an unbeliever knows the truth. Let me rewind that. There is nowhere, no way possible that you can say you know the truth and you are an unbeliever. Without a doubt, there are many truths out there that many unbelievers know. There are unbelievers that they're, 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 they just know mathematical equations, algebra, trigonometry, right? I mean, I mean, I'm calculus. And they're masters in it. Like my, my nephew, my nephew, see my nephew Willie? When he, when he was about 12 years old, I'd be like, yo, Willie, 2 times 2 take away 3 divided by 15, 12 times 12 to the third power of 17. And in a second, he'll tell me, negative 62 point thousand. <laughs> I kid is a brain. I kid is a brain. It's a brain. You can know mathematical truths. You can know common sense truth. You can know philosophical truth. But you cannot say that an unbeliever knows the truth simply because he knows those things. Because the only truth is Jesus. An intelligent man knows many truths. Whether science, mathematics, law, architecture. The contrast to this is that there are those who aren't intelligent in none of those areas. I know people, they don't know architecture. They don't know mathematical, equa mathematical equations. They don't know philosophical terms. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, they don't even know theological terms. But there are people that don't know none of those truths, but when the trumpet sounds, they go into heaven because they know the only truth they need to know to go to heaven. Listen, you can know all you can know, but if you don't know the truth, you don't know nothing. Because this life we live here, we're only going to live this life. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, the life is only but a mist that is there and it goes and it disappears. This life you live, you might live 90 years old. And if you don't eat Mickadies and Kentucky Fried Chicken, you might live to 99. <laughs> but once you die, there's this thing called eternal life. And the only way you can live eternal life forever in God is if you know the way and you know the truth. So Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. And I'll give you an example of truth. In the Bible, there is a man by the name of Pilate. Pilate. Pontius Pilate. Who was an intelligent man. As a matter of fact, the narrative you find in Scripture demonstrates to us he was a very political, intelligent person. He was intelligent. The Bible speaks of him because of how he devised a plan intellectually to get away with the pressure that was before him. You know Pilate in the Bible. He had the responsibility of letting Jesus go or sentencing him to death. While he's standing in the midst of the crowd, there are people saying, crucify him. Then you have another group of people saying, Release him. 
And then you had a group of people who were like, I don't care. <laughs> and Pilate had to make a decision. The decision he made was an intellectual decision based on some truth that he knew. And this is the truth that Pilate knew. He said, if I release Jesus, I know that I'm going to lose my political influence as a Roman involved with Jews. I know that if I release him, the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and the scribes are going to make rage war. And I'm going to have battles every single day as I'm representing Rome in this, in this area of the city. And I know that if I release him, my job is going to get worse. So what he does? He makes a decision, an intellectual decision, to wash his hands and say, he's on you. Oh, that was a safe decision. But it was not the right decision. Listen to what I'm telling you, church. Right before he washes his hands, he looks at Jesus, and this is what he asks Jesus. He asks Jesus, what is truth? A man who knows politics, a man who knows philosophy, a man who knows social ethics, a man who knows how to conduct himself in a world that is Roman, Greco-Roman and in a world that is, that is uh, ancient Hebraic. He says, I know a lot of things, but I want to know, I want to ask you a question. You know, it, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, this is the only question Pilate asks Jesus. He asks him, what is truth? I'm going to tell you church, I'm going to tell you church. You got to make it your business to live in truth. Even if, even if the truth you live by causes you to lose popularity. You got to learn how to walk in truth. Even if it walking in the truth means you lose people, you lose stuff, you lose things. You, I, listen, if serving God is wrong, I don't want to be right. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 23. 23. The wisest man in the Bible said this. He said, buy truth. How do you buy truth? Yeah, let me, let, me get, let me get two ounces of truth and, no, no, how do you buy truth? He's not saying to buy it. To purchase in the times of the Bible was an investment. So take other word buy and read, invest in the truth. Live in the truth. Do not fold for lies. Live by the truth and do not sell it. And then he tells us what it is. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. Pilate sold the truth because of fear or influence in his world. Pilate sold the truth because he wanted to be politically connected. Pilate sold the truth. Judas, who knew the truth? When Jesus reads that, quotes that scripture in John 14, when he says, I am the way, I am the truth. And then, you know who was there? Judas was there. He was there. And what did Judas do? He sold the truth for 30 pieces of silver. Which, by the way, if I take 30 pieces of silver and I transfer it into dollar value, he sold Jesus for six dollars and sixty-seven cents. No, he was trying to make. He was trying to get rich. He wasn't trying to get rich. He sold them 
Because he had, listen, 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 listen. Judah's betrayal in the world of, in the human world was not a bad deal. You know, we, you know, we condemn poor Judas. Judas did not betray Jesus because he hated Jesus. That's not why. That's not why. Because if he hated Jesus, he would never stew with him three and a half years. He betrayed Jesus because Jesus' agenda did not align itself with what his intellect said the agenda was. When Jesus met Judas, Judas thought that Jesus was going to establish a kingdom on the earth. And he's saying, but if you die, how in the heck are we going to do a kingdom? So what he does, he says, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do, because you want to die. You, remember Peter, Matthew chapter 16, Peter tells Jesus, Jesus told Peter that, that he's going to die. And, and Peter says, no, it's not going to happen. Ain't no way I'm going to let nobody kill you. And Jesus told Peter, get me deep behind me, Satan. You don't know what I'm doing. I need to die. And Judas is saying, you can't die, bro. We're going to build palaces, and we're going to build kingdoms, and we're going to be in charge of this world, and we're going to take over this world, and this is all going to be ours, and Rome is going down, and the Egyptian, and the, the Greco-Roman is going down, and the Jews are coming up. So when he betrayed Jesus, it was to stop Jesus from going to the cross. That's why it wasn't about the money. It was about stopping Jesus going to Calvary. Because Judas wanted a kingdom now. He was thinking his knowledge, the truth that he was processing was a truth that was not God's truth. And you know how many people nowadays, they're building their lives based on false expectations. I'm going to serve Jesus because I want Jesus to get me a man. I'm going to serve Jesus because I want Jesus to give me a house. I'm going to serve Jesus because I want to look at the mirror today and this body, stomach is going to be flat tomorrow. I want to So he sold Jesus for $6.67 because his truth was not the truth. So he betrayed him. So I ask you today, what do you know? What truth do you base the decisions of your life? What truth? Because there's this thing called truth. And then there's this thing called deception. And deception looks like the truth. But it's not the truth. It sounds like the truth. God told Adam, God told Adam, don't eat from the tree. Right? Because the day you eat is a wrap. You're going to die. Right? That, that was the truth. Adam, don't eat of the tree. Of knowledge, because the day you eat, you're going to die. What did the devil, disguised in the serpent, tell Eve? He told her the same thing. So God said that if you eat a tree, you're going to die. That was truth, because God said it. But here comes deception. You're not going to die. What he knows is, is that if you eat from the true, the tree, the true. Don't eat from the true. Eat from the tree. <laughs> if you eat from the tree, you're going to be like God, knowing both good and evil. That's deception. How is that deception? Don't we want to be like Jesus? Somebody say amen. amen. Okay. 
What made Eve eat the tree? Deception, not truth. Because he tricked her into believing she was in something that she was. He says, the devil says, God knows that if you eat from the tree, you're going to be like Christ, like God, knowing good and evil. But here's the deal. God made Eve and Adam like God. He said, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, let us make man in my image and likeness. What did he do? He took the truth and he distorted them with truth. Because deception is not a lie. Deception is not a lie. Deception is taking the truth and manipulating it in a way to make you feel that what you believe is stems out of facts. But it stems out of philosophical concepts that may not come from, I don't know why, but the Lord is telling me to tell somebody this. Listen, you got to be careful to not walk your Christian life based on deception but based on truth. I am the way, I am the truth. And then he says, and I am the life. John 10.10 10 says, the devil comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. John 8.32 says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. So what is this life? That Jesus is offering us. Because by the way, he's talking about, I'm the life, but dude, you're dying next week. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. But don't tell me about you being alive when you told me a week ago, yeah, I got to die and they're going to kill me. And I'm going to get whipped and I'm going to get off on the floor. Don't, don't tell me that. But when you operate in truth, you operate in reality of the revelation of God over your life. So Jesus could look at the 12 disciples who are sad, contrite, broken, knowing that their master for three and a half years who had been pouring into them, now he's saying, I've got to die, I've got to go, but don't be afraid because I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And when you get to the Father, guess what? The same guy they're going to crucify today is going to be seated at the right hand of the Father once and forever advocating on your behalf. So church, as I close, the life that Jesus offers us is one that's fulfilling and abundant. That's what he wants to give us. He wants to give us abundant life. But how do you grasp it? You grasp it by being in the way. I told you last week, that hurt it real hard. By the way, my knees... <laughs> yeah, I thought that was inspiration, right? That hurt it, praise the Lord. Write that down. No, it hurt it. <laughs> I told y'all, I told y'all, when Jesus says, I am the way, he is the road. I gave you the example of I-95. Interstate 95 is a highway. That you could actually get on the I-95 in Florida once you pass the turnpike, right? And you can take I-95 all the way to where my hometown, which is New York. It's crazy. Between I-95 Florida, I-95 New York, there's a bunch of different states. And each state has different driving rules. 
Some states, you can't drive more than 55 miles per hour. Others, you could drive 70 miles per hour. But it's the same highway that connects you from one point to the other. And in between Florida and New York, you got Atlanta, the Carolinas. God, I hate the Carolinas. You got Virginia. You got Maryland, right? What else you got? Washington, Pennsylvania, right? And it's an 18-hour drive, but here's the deal. My wife could be standing on I-95 in New York, and I could be standing on I-95 in Florida, and I could tell, hey, babe, where you at? I'm on I-95. And I could say, well, I don't see you. Because I'm on I-95. And just because she's 18 hours away does not mean that she is not where she said she is. That's why I'm glad Jesus is the way. Because the way called Jesus gives us space for every one of us to be wherever we're at in our walk with. Some of us are here in the spirit. Some of us are battling. Some of us are still smoking cigarettes. Some of us are still addicted to drugs. Some of us are still addicted to pornography. But I'm here to tell you, as long as you're in the way, the way is going to take you to truth and to life. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.